With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in everyone to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined as always by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Recapping Alabama's escape of a victory at Texas 20-19, the final score here in this particular edition of Talking Tide. Coming at you a little bit earlier than normal, which we, of course, usually podcast on Sunday nights, but because of logistics and travel, getting back from Austin, uh, I uh, implored upon Travis to podcast a little early today. He was accommodating. He is already uh, back in his abode while mm-hmm. I am coming at you live still from Austin, and they're going to be taking a a uh, late, late flight out of, uh, out of here, uh, one connection, and then uh, I think I hit Birmingham at 10 o'clock or something, which washes out our normal podcasting time. The Twitter feed for Talking Tide, of course, is Talking underscore Tide. You can get links to all our Twitter feeds there and pick up the podcast wherever you listen to them, including Apple Podcasts and any other app you might prefer. Also, of course, live on both YouTube and Facebook. And with that, Travis, we jump right into Alabama's uh, narrow victory uh, at Daryl K. Royal Stadium, DKR, it's known as. 20-19, to 19, the final score. Uh, Will Reichard with a, a hero field goal almost as time expired. And uh, Alabama gets out of there with, a frankly, a lackluster performance, but uh, a, a road win nonetheless. Yeah, escape, a good way to describe it. And look, all the credit to Steve Sarkeesian and that Texas staff. Obviously, there was a lot of familiarity. That was a big storyline going into the game. Between the two coaching staffs, you had some former Alabama players now on that Texas roster, most notably right now anyway, Keelan Robinson. So there probably, you wouldn't think, would be a lot of mysteries with these two teams. But, man, I thought Sark from the outset was fantastic. And even after the Quinn Ewers injury, I didn't think the Texas offense changed a whole lot, not in terms of what its focus was going into the game. And I know we're going to talk about both sides of the ball and the kicking game for that matter. But for me, it started with Sark and extended from there to Texas probably being more competitive up front than I think a lot of people anticipated. Yeah, there's no doubt. Texas fought. Texas played a good game. Uh, Alabama was a mess in a lot of ways, especially on offense. And I guess we'll, maybe we'll start right there, Travis, with some of the issues we saw for the Crimson Tide on that side of the ball. The primary one for me, and you could, it's a mixed bag. You, you could you could pick a lot of things. What stood out to me was the receivers didn't get open. No. And, Bry, and Bryce Young was sitting in the pocket and holding the ball too long, but you don't want to throw it to somebody who's not open. And I just didn't see any separation downfield I think that led that, – that, to me, was as much of a cause of the pressure that Texas was able to get on Young as anything Alabama's offensive line doing, which wasn't especially good either. 
But, boy, the receivers have got to get some separation. Well, and you wondered going into the game, is Texas going to look at this group of Alabama receivers and say, you know what, let's challenge these guys. Let's yeah. get up into them. Let's play some man coverage. Let's press. And we'll even bring some extra guys in the pass rush because when we look at this group, we just don't see a group that scares us, certainly not to the extent that we've seen in previous years uh, with Alabama. So, absolutely, I agree. I think I think Bryce was sacked twice in the game. He saved uh, Alabama from a few others, including a huge one there on the game-winning drive. But um, you're right. The first sack of the game was a coverage sack. You know, he had to eat it, basically. He couldn't get rid of the football because no one was open. And, um, you know, you also had a sack of Bryce in a, in a blitz situation where an A-gap rusher didn't get picked up. So, you know, it's easy to look at the offensive line, and they weren't perfect by any means. Uh, but I'm with you. Uh, until they show some more ability to get over the top of some defenses specifically, you're going to see more of these safeties like you saw from Texas on Saturday get downhill in the run game and really lay the wood to Jason McClellan. Yeah, absolutely. If you looked, and, and of course, Alabama's offense did come alive in the fourth quarter. They scored 10 points in the fourth quarter to pull this thing out. You can't forget that. However, through three quarters, Travis, the whole offense was the breakaway run by McClellan and a handful of uh, effective short dump offs to Jameer Gibbs. And that was that was really it offensively for Alabama until they got into that fourth quarter, finally found a rhythm. Yeah, they went more with 11 personnel there and kind of went back to their tried and true formula, at least schematically. And I thought it did allow Bryce to get into more of a rhythm. Texas started to give up some throws on the perimeter and he was able to hit a couple of easy ones. And it seemed like from that point forward, I don't worry as much about his confidence, but really the people around him at this point, and you're right. You got to credit Trayshawn Holden. Uh, you got to credit Ja'Cory Brooks stepped up big. Kobe Prentice in that fourth quarter, you know, they had 370 yards of total offense in the game. They had 180 plus in the fourth quarter alone. And a lot of that was Bryce Young magic. But the receivers did step forward. Uh, three or four of those guys, Cam Latou, was good having him back, made a couple of grabs as well. But I guess the bottom line is when they needed it the most, they were able to get it done. But that doesn't mean you don't have questions still moving forward. The scramble play by Bryce Young that you alluded to just a minute ago deserves a little bit more discussion. For me, that was absolutely the play of the game. It was a second down on the Texas 37, under a minute to play. Alabama not really in field goal range at the 37. He, near, he nearly gets sacked, caught some pressure on that play and, and basically ducked it and breaks away for a 20-yard 20, a 20 gainer down the right sideline, goes out of bounds at the Texas 17, and right there you knew that you were in Riker, Riker easily in Riker's striking distance to put the game away. You were, and the little guy got even smaller on that play, didn't he? Because he's not a big guy. But maybe that lack of size actually helped him because he's not as easy to hit when he does get as small as he did. And he showed you some strength and balance, too, and being able to withstand that blow and and then maintain his balance and, and then rip off the big play. Uh, without question, that was absolutely huge. And, you know, we'll get into the defense in just a little bit. But, 
you know, it was promising enough early for the run game after McClellan hit the 81-yarder. Jameer Gibbs did some nice things on the opening possession, which ended with an Alabama field goal, but absolutely, man. Second and third quarters, those three and outs, I think it was 14, well, 16 plays and five possessions Alabama had there for that stretch in the second and third quarters. Yeah, The offense in the middle was like, uh, like a donut, nothing on Saturday. Didn't do much at all. I, I thought the defense probably uh, – and, look, the defense had some issues too. They could not cover Worthy at all uh, <laughs> on the outside. He did a lot of damage in the first half, maybe not – certainly not so much in the second half, but they had a lot of problems dealing with number eight uh, for Texas. That said, Travis, I think when you combine uh, the heat on the field – and, look, I know it's – I get it that it's hot in Alabama too, uh, but – when you have the three and outs that Alabama did on offense, yeah, that that defense I thought held together pretty well in the second half, considering how much was asked of it. Yeah, I think the depth on defense helped them some, and maybe even the competition at corner helped them some because they were able to play a couple of guys there. Although I didn't see Eli Ricks in the game, that was a little surprising. But it yeah. was uh, Kyrie Jackson and then Terry and Arnold at the one corner opposite. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, you're right. And red zone defense. You know, you can make the argument, well, they shouldn't have let them down there that many times. <laughs> but they did get off the field on third down. And when you think about the three field goals Texas had to settle for in the red zone and then the red zone field goal miss, which feels like you've lost out on six points instead of three. It feels double worse, if that's possible. Um, that was That was huge in the game, too. What do you think of the offensive line, Travis? Obviously, uh, that unit certainly under uh, a good bit of scrutiny this season, particularly at the tackle positions with a couple of new starters. Utah State really did not reveal much of anything in that regard. Uh, I they and the, the McClellan run, obviously being the glaring exception, but I, that group for the second week in a row. Uh, struggled to deliver much in the running game on a consistent basis they did you know they uh after the big play by uh by jace it, it, you're right it, it was tough and uh you know weren't able to really pop jameer gibbs his long run in the game was seven you know if right. you're texas you're absolutely give me all of that on nine carries a long run of seven yards but you know, Jameer did kind of balance that with his work as a receiver. It's really about scrimmage yards when you look at backs like Jameer and uh, Bijan Robinson and even Jace, for that matter. So that was going to be big going into the game. Um, you know, we saw a few things, as you said, that looked good. The right side was really good on the touchdown run by Jace McClellan. Um, it's hard, though, sometimes to, to really go in on an offensive line Again, and you can track this back to the situation at wide receiver, man. When defenses don't feel like they have to account for your outside guys, that makes it tougher on everybody, on the entire offense, not just throwing the football. But you know, when you've got a safety that is just getting downhill right. on the run and, and, and you can't threaten that or hurt that over the top, well, that's a problem. That being said, yeah. The offensive line has some some things to clear up. You didn't like the the false starts on J.C. Latham. You probably weren't all that surprised by them either. But, uh, you know, what about left guard? We saw J.B. and Cohen in the game, too. 
in the second half for Kendall Randolph. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, and, and I love Kendall, and I want him to be an every-down starter, but sometimes I wonder if they haven't weakened themselves big picture-wise with Kendall at left guard and not able to continue in that role at tight end where, you know, he could be effective and they could probably use him maybe even more right now. Paging Tyler Harrell. Paging <laughs> Tyler Harrell. Ooh, that watch is going up. And yeah. you know what? I'll say Aaron Anderson too. And when's JoJo getting back? Right. You're about to get you're about to get those questions too. I mean, not that Kobe Prentice hasn't been really good. Yeah. But um I I think right now you you could envision scenarios where it's not just about some of these guys being slot guys, it's about some of these guys being on the field together because they can stretch it. No question about it. The Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Glad to be with you recapping Alabama's uh, slim victory over the University of Texas. Going to thank a couple of sponsors tonight. Uh, right, really quickly. Going to start by telling you about North River Dental Associates and that great staff over there of Dr. Jack Smalley's, conveniently located in Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road. They can do it all oral surgery, dental implants, endodontics, dentures, the whole run of dental needs. They got you covered. The routine cleanings are going to get you in and out typically in under an hour. Uh, and of course, uh, they do great work with the teeth whitening services. Those very popular also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments for those facial features as well. So give them a call. Number 752-3506 or visit northriverdentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Got a couple of home Alabama football games coming up. And those babies right there, those hand-dipped chocolate strawberries, that chocolate popcorn, they will make you the star of any tailgate, pregame, watch party, you name it, the Roll Tide-specific Alabama treats also available to you there at Peter Brook Chocolatier. You got Halloween just around the corner, so it's never too early to start thinking about that. And if you are in charge of maybe your company's Christmas order, 205-752-0211. Get those special gifts made for you by Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. All right, a couple of corporate sponsors for the show really quick to tell you about. Starting with DraftKings, NFL football is here, and the DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. The official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in free bets. It's simple. You bet on an NFL team to win and you get paid instantly. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's today, and that's promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Finally, uh, going to tell you a little bit about these Raycon earbuds. You just can't beat them. Been listen, listening to a lot of DVT, Travis, lately, of course. Oh, not all, you. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and I've been listening to them with these Raycon wireless earbuds, and I'll tell you, the experience is fantastic. Optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. They will not budge, trust me. They get eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. You absolutely can't beat it. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio at about half the price 
of other premium audio brands. No wonder Raycon has over 50,000 five-star reviews. So go to Raycon.com slash TPPN today. Get 15% off of your Raycon order. Again, Raycon.com slash TTPN, and they'll get you taken care of with those Raycon earbuds. Highest quality out there. All right, Al, uh, Travis, the Alabama defense. Focus on that a little bit. Uh, uh, and we touched on it. Tell you what, we'll, penalties, flags flew on both sides. So let's, let's, let's start there. 15 of those suckers fly on Alabama. A couple of the 15-yard variety, which certainly did not help matters, 100 yards total on those 15 penalties. And again, fourth quarter was clean. Uh, no penalties in the fourth, but what a disaster uh, from a penalty standpoint from Alabama for most of the game. Yeah, much of that was on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you know, Will Anderson was playing with four there with a lot of time left in the game. I was worried he was going to foul out for a second <laughs> yeah, with the three yeah. offsides and and then the inexplicable uh, shot after the play. Uh, it was just unwill Anderson-like. Now, he plays with a lot of energy. We know that. And that was electric inside that stadium on Saturday. Nobody would argue otherwise. And uh, you want him to play with that enthusiasm and that effort. But, um, you know, there's, there's some things that detail-wise that, obviously didn't get enough attention, not just from Will, but from this team in general. And so plenty of cleanup items for Nick Saban. I'll tell you what it makes me wonder too a little bit, Chase, is that we've heard so much about this team taking accountability and this team self-policing and this team, um, you know, being able to, to pretty much in some ways navigate things on its own from a player perspective. Does Nick Saban still believe that? After Saturday, or does Nick Saban step in and say, boys, I gave you some leash, but it's about to get a little tighter. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I mean, they have. Nick Saban feel like maybe he was fooled a little bit today, <laughs> Chase, after Saturday. Feel like he was fooled a little bit. I don't think you can argue it. Uh, I, I, ab I absolutely agree. And, and, you know, defensively for Alabama, uh, you know, like we said, they had a lot of trouble covering number eight, did a little bit better job in the second half. We touched on that. Uh, pass rush uh, came around a little bit. Anderson had a big sack. And, and look, I know Texas was still able to get three points out of that, but they could have had seven uh, and, and and put the game away sure. uh, had, it, had it not been for that sack. So Anderson certainly came up big there. Jalen Moody played some good football for I thought Alabama. He, did. he was a bright spot, had a sack of his own. Yeah, you saw him a lot. And, um, you know, I think he had a missed tackle or two who didn't. As much as the defense was on the field, everybody was going to have that happen. But I agree. I thought Jalen Moody was a bright spot. Um, you know, I, the, we, we get into these breakdowns and we forget to credit the other team probably enough. And so, again, Xavier Worthy's a dude. So to get him matched up on some uh, fledgling corners, I guess we'll call them at this point for Alabama, that wasn't a surprise to anyone. And I give Quinn Ewers a lot of credit, man. While he was in the football game, he, he was very much as billed. 9 of 12, 134. And one of those stats that stood out to me that typically goes heavily towards Alabama was yards per pass attempt. And even with card coming in there, mm -hmm. um, you know, Texas was able to maintain that advantage pretty decisively. I think they were 
doubled up Alabama in yards per attempt, which the last four or five years, you just haven't seen that. Alabama's typically been around 10 a, a per attempt. Right. Um, that was that was Bryce's lowest yards per attempt outing in 17 career starts at five and a half per pass yeah. attempt. That goes yeah. back to what we were talking about. Whereas um, Texas was able to hit some explosives, not only to Worthy, but where I thought the, the one that they drew up there on the field goal drive late to Casey Kane, that was a thing of beauty. It was one of those switch releases that Sark used to dial up a lot at Alabama, and it was similar to the explosive play that B. John Robinson had in the first quarter. And at the time when they hit that thing in the middle of the field, you went, wow. Yeah. Sark kept that one in his back pocket, and it was 29 yards, and it looked really, really good for Texas at that point. Ewers was outstanding. He really was. And I, and I thought they protected him pretty well, particularly, they on, that, particularly in, on that first drive. And, and uh, you know, he, he was comfortable. Uh, he let it rip. He's a dangerous guy. Nick Saban made uh, note that, you know, Hudson Card probably gave Alabama a little bit more trouble than his feet than Ewers would have. Uh, but, you know, it, it's – yeah, and you hate to see that for Ewers as well. I didn't think Dallas Turner's uh, no. hit on him was malicious. Um, Ewers is leaping. He's in – he leaps and fades on the play. Yeah. Because he knows the contact's coming. Well, simultaneously – you know, Dallas gets into his body. There's nothing else that could happen after that than what happened. Right. There was nothing that could have prevented it. Nothing. And yeah. it started with, and and, and not to, to, to bang on him, but he left his feet. It's like in the NBA, don't leave your feet in the paint. If you leave your feet, a lot of times bad things happen. I know he's just trying to make a football play. I admire him for it. Yeah. But to kind of look at this thing in any other light of it just being a clean football play on – the part of Dallas Turner is would be ridiculous, I think. Tough injury for sure. I did find out that uh, Texas fans do not appreciate a line being drawn between Colt McCoy's injury and the <laughs> Quinn Ewers injury, <laughs> which I dealt with. It's something I wrote for the T News and quickly heard from the Texas oh, well. fan base on that. I mean, but, it's hey, inevitable. It, you know, I mean, come on. It, it, who wasn't thinking that? When, when he was on the turf. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Now, there's a big difference in that one happened in a national title game, obviously. And at least for that Texas team, as bad as that was, that was the end of the season. Right. The, the tough news for Sark now is you still got at least 10 more games. Mm-hmm. And Card wasn't exactly 100% at the end of the game Saturday, I didn't think either, Chase. He was hobbling. Uh, yeah, he had a breakaway run where he beat Alabama for yeah. a big first down and, and was limping right toward Nick Saban yeah. on his, his way. It's, to it's it, for 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 Sark right now in his quarterback situation. It's a long way to the beach. Yeah, it's a long way to the beach right now. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Travis and I will be. Uh, back on midweek to discuss Alabama's upcoming game against La Monroe. That one will be uh, that one will bring back the history books this week. Terry, Terry, yeah. <laughs> you know Terry never um, Terry never brought a team to Tuscaloosa though. No, when he was at Auburn. No, he did not. So that'll be a first on Searity. I'm trying to get all the Pat dies in I can. Yeah. Notice Spe- that. 
Speaking of Terry, how about a shout out to Terry Black's barbecue? Oh, we hit that place on Friday night. We huh? did. We hit it. And I, I, I'm dangerous in that type of setup where they put it out in front of you and you just go, that, yeah. that, that. <laughs> I had enough for all three of us, but it was tremendous. We it, all, it was really good. Myself and Travis and our uh, the T News beat writer Nick Kelly headed out to Terry Black's barbecue and just absolutely tore <laughs> it up. We walked out of there knowing that uh, there would be no breakfast on Saturday no, no. morning necessary. No, no. And up. if there was, it was going to have to be raisin bran for colon recovery <laughs> after all that brisket. Jeez. Oof. <laughs> All right. Enjoyed it for sure. Be sure to catch us again midweek for the Alabama ULM preview. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News and Crimson Cover Television. We'll see you in a few days here on Talking Tide.